Yes, it is, and welcome back. Monday, October 26, 2020. I was so happy all day because I knew I was going to get to talk to an old buddy and someone whose voice we need right now, and that's Evan Sayet, S-A-Y-E-T, his brand-new book, The Woke Supremacy and Anti-Socialist Manifesto. So important, so perfect and good on every single page. He's been tweeting up a great storm. You can follow him on Twitter easily enough at Evan Sayet, E-V-A-N-S-A-Y-E-T. Brother, how you feeling? I'm, I'm doing, you know, there's the micro and the macro. Let's uh, in, have it. In, in, the, in the micro, my day-to-day, my, my day-to-day life is great. The macro, I'm a little bit nervous. Are you nervous about the election or are you nervous about the country? Uh, both. I, I, they're, 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 uh, they're tied together. Unburden you know, yourself. As, Pretend this as, is group therapy. Tell me what makes you, what ails you, sir. Well, here, here's the thing. I'm actually quite positive in, in what I think is going to happen. But it's almost like going to the doctor and he tells you, you know, that, that lump you have, it's a 5% chance yep. that it's malignant. Mm-hmm. Well, the odds are overwhelmingly with you, but you still are nervous until you get the results. Of course. So I'm extremely confident about the, the results come November 3rd. But two things. One, if it doesn't go that way, things are rather bad. And even if they do go the way I envision, we have to remember, that's not the end of the war. I envision that more like the landing at Normandy. Okay. If, if we are successful, it only means we have then more years and years and years of hand-to-hand combat until we root this disease of woke supremacy out of out of our society well are you not at least a little comforted to know that if we lose the election covid will be solved and go and 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 disappear are you at least not comforted by that evan well, it, it only means that I, I will be healthier as they lead me to my doom. <laughs> All right, we we have a lot to uncover in this. Let me let me say let me start though with what you write in the woke supremacy, the anti, an anti socialist manifesto, because you say it and you believe it, and I've said it, and I believe it, and it is that the socialist threat here does intend, actually does intend to remake America in the images of what we saw in the 1930s and 1940s and even China in the 1950s. It actually does. They may not say it, but when you look at their undergirding philosophies and you look at who they refuse to denounce and who they endow and endorse and support, that is the ideology that they support, Evan. You have the guts to uh, say it. I don't know if two, it takes guts for me to say it, but you wrote it, and I, I agree with you. Well, look, two, two things about that. One, keep in mind that in every such movement, I'm going to call let's call it a supremacist movement. In every supremacist movement, only about 10% of the people are, are the actual movers and shakers and true believers. Right. I mean, in Nazi Germany, only about 10% of the Germans were actual Nazis. Right? In, in, uh, in, in the white supremacist South, only about 10% were actual members of the Ku Klux Klan. Right? In, in the uh, Islamic supremacist movement, which is not all of Islam, but the Islamicist movement. We think it's about 10%, 10% of Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Only about, so 90% of the people who, who go along with are, are more steeped in the narrative 
of the supremacy and don't question it. It's not that Bruce Springsteen wants to overthrow America and right. replace it with, with, with a socialist dictatorship. Right. Right. It's that he's so steeped in the narratives of the people in power that he never even questioned uh, putting forth the same policies in the same positions. Right, right. That's exactly right. So if so, someone like Bruce Springsteen, just as an example, and, and it serves as a good one, I think, he shares some political beliefs, maybe a lot of political beliefs, with Joe Biden and what Kamala Harris says on every other Tuesday, I suppose. But what he won't do is look at these movements on the streets that they support and support them and the ideology behind that, right? He well, won't he'll, look he'll, at what their ground he'll, he'll, are. He'll, he'll accept without question the inferiority of, of the people who aren't part of the woke supremacy. Fair we right. are, it's a given, racist. We are a racist nation. It's not something that he will even question. It's simply a given and and then he will write songs about what a racist and horrible nation we are. And other people will hear the song, and because they heard it from Joe Biden, who says that we're racist, and Kamala Harris, who says that we're racist, and from Bruce Springsteen, who says we're racist, it only reinforces the narrative. And when you attempt to, to, to counter that narrative, you are shut down as a racist because everybody they know says you're a racist. Yeah. I think I, I think that's well put, Evan, and it becomes kind of a um, you use the word narrative and, and, and maybe 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 we need a new word because it's overused, but it's perfectly used in that sense. It, it is well, the narrative. I mean, I it is the, the theme. Words, yeah, right. I use both the words narratives and orthodoxies. Right. They're the things that, that are simply from the time they're five years old and they enter the kindergarten of Eden. Uh, which is which is yeah. my previous book, yep. uh, all, all the way until they graduate college and, and grad school, and then often enter industries where they are steeped in and surrounded by only those who, who re repeat the narrative. And if you dare to question the narrative, they cancel you. Now, what I can't get my head and arms around fully just yet, and maybe you can help me with this. I don't know if you play poker, but some of these candidates – and some of these incidents around the candidates have a tell. They have a tell. They have something that exposes who they are unwittingly. There was a mini pogrom in New York. There was a mini pogrom in New York, and no one cared. There's been a ton of anti-Semitism coming from the left in the last probably uh, eight months. Eight months. And nobody cares. Why is it that the Democratic Party which basically is the guarantor of something like 70% plus of Jewish voting pattern. Why are they so silent on this? And my thesis is well, what I think you just said, but go ahead. Well, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a whole number of, of reasons. First of all, let's start with the fact that the political left, Jew hatred is endemic to the political left, whether it was the Soviet Jewry that was singled out for, for, for enmity and, and, and punishment in, in Russia, whether it was the National Socialist final solution to the Jewish problem, or whether it's the BDS campaign that's designed to finish Hitler's work by strangling to death half of the world's remaining Jews economically through boycotts, divestments, and sanctions. Jew hatred, whether it's Al Sharpton, whether it's Jesse Jackson, Jew hatred is endemic 
to the left. So it is absolutely not surprising as the Democratic Party has moved more and more and more to the left. They were they were never really to the left. Right? They they were actually right of center on the global political scale. They were never socialists. They were never communists. They as much hated socialism and communism as we did. Right? They just wanted higher taxes and more government. Right. They didn't hate America. They didn't hate Christianity and Judaism. They didn't uh, want rioting in the streets. This is not who the, and what the Democrats were until the woke supremacy took over. Uh, most uh, It started in the 1960s with their attempt at, at revolution. When that revolution failed, they took over the schools and they took over the entertainment industry and turned it into the ministries of indoctrination and propaganda. And this is now the coming of fruition of a revolutionary idea in America. Nobody ever thought America was evil. We thought America was flawed and we had differences in how better to make it greater, how best to make it greater. But there was nobody on either side of the political spectrum that had hatred for America. That's what's changed with this Democratic Party today. And Jew hatred is part of hating America because America is Judeo-Christian. See, I think that's perfectly said. And if I can illustrate your point with this as we go into break, into the break, you can stay a little bit, right? You're, you're good for a little while? Uh, it's, it's a pandemic. I'm locked down. Yeah, I was I'm just going to say, yes, thank I'm Governor Newsom. conservative Newsom. in Hollywood. Where am I going? <laughs> Where are you going? Conservative in Hollywood. <laughs> We're talking to Evan Sayet. I'll, 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 the Woke Supremacy and Anti-Socialist Manifesto is his latest work. It's great. To put um, an illustration to your point as we go into the break, Evan, I was thinking about this. We had these leftist violent movements in the 60s. We had the Weather Underground. Uh, SDS was not violent, but it was perfectly leftist. Um, Hubert Humphrey wanted nothing to do with them. George McGovern wanted nothing to do with them. That's what's different, isn't it? The, the establishment well, I, I, Democratic I, 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 Party wanted no, – hold the thought for the other side of this yes. break. Maybe maybe you tell me if you have a different thought on that. But I think that, if I'm right, that's one of the big shifts. I'm Seth Leibson. Well, He's Evan Sayat, author of The Woke Supremacy, an Anti-Socialist Manifesto. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Let me put in a word for our latest sponsor, Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve. You want something reliable in a time of a lot of question marks? Gold is reliable, and Nationwide is a trusted source for precious metals with a 4.6 star rating on Trustpilot. Waiting to make financial decisions until after the election could be costly. But Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve has an exceptional offer for their new customers. While supplies last, you can get a one-ounce gold eagle coin at cost for just eighteen seventy-five. It's a heck of a price. Weight and purity are backed by the U.S. government. It's a great opportunity to safeguard your future, so call Nationwide at 800-850-1155. That's 800-850-1155. Mention that you heard about them on my show. That's Nationwide Coin at 800 850 1155, also reliable, is the ever-great Evan Sayed, author of The Woke Supremacy, an Anti-Socialist Manifesto. Evan, right before the break, I postulated a thesis about the difference in the Democratic Party in the 60s and now. And um, my point was they didn't embrace and support and endow 
things like the weather underground back then. They are now, but you, you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, what, what you're leaving out of your memory of the 1960s Democrats is that the establishment also included racists. I mean, you had your George Wallace's uh, yeah. and, and, you know, the Southern Democrats yeah. uh, were, were, were virulent racists. They were the ones who, who enforced Jim Crow and segregation. And let me tell you who, who the woke are today. Okay. Uh, they are they are the coming of fruition of a plan that the '60s radicals had, the Weather Underground, William Ayers and uh, his wife Bernadine Dorn, and and these were really not just evil people; they were mentally disturbed people. Okay. Give you an idea: at the very first meeting of the Weather Underground, took place in 1969 in Flint, Michigan. Yep. They took a moment to cheer Charles Manson. Right. These were bloodthirsty murderers with with mental ailments, and they they sought to foment a revolution. And the way they sought to foment a revolution, first and foremost, was was by starting a race war. This is why they loved Charles Manson. Helter Skelter, right, right. Right, Helter Skelter was his, it it meant an apocalyptic race war. This is why the, the, the terrorists and the murderers and the kidnappers of this woke movement uh, joined with the Democratic Party in the first place. If they really cared about equality and then they cared about social justice, they would have joined the Republican Party, which is the party of abolition, which is the party of women's suffrage, which is the party of the, of the Civil Rights Act of 1957, right. just prior to, to, to the arrival of the radicals. But instead, they joined the party of racism, of Jim Crow, of slavery, of, of, of women's oppression. And they did so because they did not want equal rights. They did not want the United States. They wanted a divided United States. And so they joined with the party of racism. And in fact, while, while George Wallace and William Ayers had no great love for each other, they had a great need for each other because they had a common enemy. Yeah. They both hated Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Because Martin Luther King was a nationalist. Yeah. He wanted national rights for all citizens, including blacks. Wallace was a white supremacist. Today, the Democrats are selling white inferiority. But the reason that the, Demo- the, 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 the woke supremacists joined with the Democratic Party in the first place is because they wanted to divide and conquer America. Well, they couldn't find any people to join the revolution. All right. And by the way, give you an idea how violent and, and vile and disgusting these people were. William Ayers, hero of the Democratic Party of today, incited children to murder their parents. That's what he wanted them to do. He said, bring the revolution home. Kill your parents. That's the mindset that's now the Democratic Party. They couldn't get anybody to join their revolution because they were calling on grown-ups, the last of the great generations, who had lived in the real world. They, they lived through the Great Depression that Roosevelt brought on. They lived through uh, uh, Stalinism and, and Hitlerism, both socialist ideologies. And they didn't want any part. Even though they knew America was flawed, they also knew America was, in fact, even then, great. You know, there's a great story in that book, uh, The Woke Supremacy, about the fighter Muhammad Ali, the boxer Muhammad Ali. And he goes over to Africa and he trains in Africa for a, a long period of time for a big fight he has there. And when he comes back, the reporters say, Muhammad, what do you think of, of the continent of your ancestors? 
Uh, we're talking about a black man, a son of the Democratic Party-controlled South, who had already converted to Islam. So a black Muslim man said, quote, thank God my granddaddy got on that boat. So the revolutionaries couldn't get anybody to join their, their, their anti-American revolution. And so they went on what's called the Long March Through the Institutions. They took over the schools and turned them into their uh, ministry of indoctrination. They turned over, took over the news and entertainment industries and turned them into their ministries of propaganda. Now they have social communications, which is their ministry of, 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 of communications. And over the next several decades, created people who were basically brainwashed into the mental illnesses and the hate of the founders of the woke movement. Mm. And in fact, it was Mark Rudd, just another vile, bloodthirsty, mentally troubled man, who said the true flowering of the 60s will come in the 90s when we've taken over the, uh, the institutions. Well, Seth, he was wrong only because he missed the obvious. Once they'd taken over the institutions, they then needed to use them to brainwash the generation of social justice warriors. Well, if 30 years from the 60s to the 90s, if that's 30 years, what's 30 years from the 90s? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Which is why they're no longer pretending they're anything but they are. It's why they now again call themselves socialists. See, I think it's they were both. They, I think both yeah. sides were right. You know, because if there was a rebuke. To all that, it was Ronald Reagan. What's his most famous quote? Freedom can disappear in a generation, 30 years, right? They were that's both right. right. They were both right. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's, that's, that's a hell of an insight, Evan. Um, let me do this then with you um, in the next segment, if I can. Let me ask you, with all that challenge in front of us, what keeps you optimistic about it? What keeps you... Obviously, the answer to what keeps you fighting is America's a great thing. But what keeps you optimistic that we can win this fight when you think about the culture you described, you just described, in the hand grip, in the, in the vice grip um, of uh, has, our, has our media, has our education, has, gosh knows, entertainment, and for goodness sakes, now it also has our professional sports and athletics. What keeps you optimistic we can push against all that? Can I ask you to... Give me that on the other side of this break. Talk about that with me on the other. And then I got to ask you about this great other 60s point and the personal and political and why there are no personal solutions any longer. That's a philosophical tease as well. We'll be right back with the great Evan Sayet, S-A-Y-E-T, his book, The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I was talking to another friend uh, over the weekend, a friend of mine up in Santa Cruz. He's a health nut. And he said, what are you doing to boost your immunity these days? Because he's all worried about everything. And I said, I'm taking balance of nature. And he said, what's that? And I, I steered him to the website and goes, this looks like really good stuff. How long have you been taking it? I said, a year, because it is really good stuff. And he ordered a bottle, um, or, or the two bottles, the fruits and veggies, because one daily dose gives you thousands, tens of thousands of vital nutrients. I think it's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. 
Balance of Nature is also offering you a great deal right now. Free shipping and 35% off any first order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I take it every single day, and I want you to as well. Our guest, Evan Sayet, is the author of The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto. Evan, what, given all that's against us, culture, the news, entertainment, education, professional athletics, what makes you think we can push against it and win? Well, for, for one thing, what what alternative do we have? Right. I mean, as, as we were going into break, you were saying it's because, you know, America is such a great nation. It's also because the alternative is so heinous, egregious. Uh, it has socialism. And by the way, socialism, as I write in the book, is not an ideology. It's a system right. that any number of ideologies can then embrace, but they all have something in common, right? So Nazism, you know, National Socialism, Hitlerism wasn't Maoism. Maoism wasn't Stalinism. Stalinism wasn't Leninism. And Leninism and Hitlerism and Stalinism and Maoism isn't Ocasio-Cortezism. So when we point to the fact that they have a different vision of what paradise will be like, that's one thing they all have in common. All socialists ideologies, all ideologies that embrace the socialist system are, one, utopian. You may disagree, and I sure hope you do, with the perfect world that Hitler envisioned, but he envisioned the perfect world of his imagination. You know, Lenin imagined the perfect world of his imagination would be a worker's paradise. Mao envisioned the perfect world of his imagination. And when we listen to John Lennon, the nicest socialist ever, and by the way, Lenin was not a socialist. The protagonist of that song is a socialist. In fact, by the end, Lenin was, was voting for, for Ronald Reagan. But one thing that all socialist ideologies, ideologies that embrace socialism have in common is that they are utopian ideologies. Therefore, they are all authoritarian and totalitarian. They must be total because anything less than total paradise isn't paradise. And it must be authoritarian to make sure the lesser ideologies don't don't uh, interfere with the perfection of their vision. And in fact, authoritarianism and totalitarianism are written into the perfect theory of socialism. Marx, in just a theory before humans got involved, in just a theory, wrote about the dictatorship of the proletariat that would be required to eliminate all of the less than perfect people. Well, and this is, you know, in, 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 in uh, uh, Marxism, the perfect people were the proletariat. Mm-hmm. In National Socialism, the perfect people were the Aryan. Mm-hmm. Well, in today's socialism, the perfect people are the woke. Mm-hmm. And it is simply a given that in order for all the people to live as one, as the song goes, they have to eliminate all the others. Mm-hmm. Hitler wanted all the people to live as one. Mm-hmm. It was just a different one. Mm-hmm. You know, Marx wanted all the people to live as one. It was just a different one. But all of those things, it's almost as if the ideology doesn't matter. Because before they could get there to even test whether a world filled with only the woke would be the perfect world, they've got to commit atrocities. And, you know, we think of these atrocities like the gas chambers and the gulags and the killing fields as, as a reflection of the ideologies. They're not. Those are the more primitive technologies 
of what today we call a cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Nazi Germany there. was a That's cancel what, culture. Yep, yep, yep. yep they yep. just didn't have the technologies that we have today, like you can uh, shadow ban and put people in Facebook jail. This was a uh, short segment. We have a longer one coming up. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because that's exactly where my mind went when you were talking, what they've done with the First Amendment. That's another tell as to what they stand for and what you're talking about, Evan. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about a little more of the 60s ethics, personal as political, and uh, how the BLM has embraced so much of what you saw and quoted me earlier from William Ayers. We're talking to Evan Sayet, his book, The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're thinking about selling your house or if you're in the midst of selling your house and it's not going well, you want to call James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He'll get you the highest possible offer for the sale of your home. He's the agent that has buyers lined up. You will leave no money on the table with James Wexler. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay the difference. And if it's more easy for you, he can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of reaching out to him. Give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler.com. We're speaking with Evan Sayet, author of The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto. Evan, there was a, um, I'm not sure if you know Mark Bauerlein, a professor of literature at Emory, who's on our side of things. And he was making the point uh, in a column the other day that if you want to understand today's left, you don't have to do what you and I do, which is actually read Marx. (laughs) He says you want to read the books of the 60s. Um, And he gave a reading list. And it was kind of interesting what he was saying. But it had me thinking of this. You know, I saw a profile, a glossy profile of one of the founders of the BLM movement. Her name is Alicia Garza, Evan, and it was on CBS. And she has a new book out. And uh, so she got the attention that uh, that CBS would give her on a new book. And I was looking at it online at Amazon, and it took me to a book she wrote only two years ago, at least wrote the forward to, called Revolution in the Air, 60s Radicals Turned to Lenin, Mao, and Che. And you know what she wrote in there? The problem with Mao wasn't the deaths. You know what it was? It was that he died. They really believe this stuff, Evan. They really do want us to return to Lenin, Mao, and Che. And I don't think most people understand that. Well, that's correct. And we go back to the very first question we discussed, which is in any such movement, it's only 10% that, that are the true believers. So you're, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, the leaders of the movement, mm-hmm. but the other 90% your neighbor, your friend, your colleague, who's so nice, who, who, who would, who, who, whose stomach would turn mm-hmm. at, at the, at the killing fields and the mm-hmm. gas chambers and, uh, they are, are just indoctrinated, not into Marxism. They're indoctrinated into something else. And, and, you know, every, such movement, every regime, and I'll call even those that are wannabe regimes, 
are, are made up of two parts. One is the system, and one is the ideology. Uh-huh. Well, they're selling the system of Marxism and Stalinism and, and Maoism and even Hitlerism. They're selling socialism, but they're pretending that it's a different ideology. And in fact, right at the very beginning of my book, I, I point out the mistake that, that Hitler made was, was not in being authoritarian and totalitarian and being a cancel culture. He was just the wrong kind of socialist. The system of socialism is one and the same. It's what the ideology is. And, and that's actually, as it turned out, what my two books are about. My first book is about the ideology of modern liberalism. And my second book is about the system of, of socialism. Right. And so these people are selling the system of socialism, but doing so through people who don't share their ideology. They've conned them into having this ideology that they believe they are the opposite of Hitler. Hmm. If Hitler was the worst person to have ever lived, they must be the best people right. to have ever lived. Right. And the thing that Hitler did, and that all these other supremacist movements did, was they declared that something, right, if it was Hitlerism, it was a race. If it was uh, Stalinism, it was a class. If it was Islamicism, it was a religion. They all proclaimed something to be superior to everything else. Right. What they are selling is the idea that nothing is better than anything else. This makes them the, the antithesis of all these other supremacist groups, at least in their mind. But as you know from my first book, The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks, indiscriminateness of thought does not lead to indiscriminateness of beliefs. It leads only to siding always with evil, failure, and wrong. And if you look at what the Democrats, the 90% who go along, who are not uh, adherents to BLM ideology, but who go along with it nonetheless, the key to understanding them is that they've, they've forfeited all moral and intellectual discrimination. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. All right. Good. Now, I've been waiting for this all day since you emailed me this morning. We were talking about the personal as the political was the rallying cry of feminism in the 60s. Why are there no personal solutions anymore? Well, actually, the, the last question leads perfectly into this one. Yeah, yeah. The key to understand the key to understanding the modern liberal, right? Not the not the Marxists, not the leftists, not BLM, but the ones who follow along mindlessly, is that they've embraced the concept that the opposite of indiscriminateness is discrimination. Mm-hmm. Well, indiscriminateness, along with that, is the notion that they were born morally perfect, and they were born intellectually perfect, they were born physically perfect. Everybody is absolutely perfect just the way they are from birth. All right? Everything I need to know, I learned in kindergarten. Yep. Embrace your body size. Remember yep. when, if you were fat, you tried to lose weight? Yep. Now, now not only aren't you fat... But anybody who tells you that you're fat, including your doctor, is, is body shaming you. I, I remember so, a book called Fat is a Feminist Issue. Yeah, 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 you bet. Right. Yep. The, the, it's, it's the notion, and this is the supremacist notion, that they are born perfect, and it's society's fault for every failure in their life is, is, is part and parcel of this kindergarten of Eden where every child is perfect, where every child's artwork is put up on the wall and mommy and daddy tell them that they're perfect. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you are born morally perfect and and if you're born physically perfect and you don't get to live the perfect life, there's nothing you can do. You're already perfect. Yeah. 
The only thing you can do is attempt to destroy the society that, because of their bigotries, tell you you're not perfect. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly right, Evan. Exactly right. Do you have a hard time these days being funny? Or do you look at... (laughs) I mean, that's that, you know, I say that for those that don't know you, Evan Say it is also a comedian, the woke supremacy and anti-socialist manifesto. His latest book, as you can tell, it's a deep and important book. But you're also a comedian. Is it hard to be funny right now, Evan? Has the left it's, ruined it's, comedy? It's, 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 it's not hard to be funny in that, uh, you know, times are so tough that I can't see the humor of it. Yeah. You know, there's even a thing called gallows humor. Sure. Uh, you know, even even in the death camps, the people made jokes. They were sure. ironic. They were painful. They were all variety of things. But even in the death camps, humor existed. Yeah. So it, it's not that they've... Uh, uh, you know, drained the humor out of me. In fact, we laugh a lot, like my, my, my friends and I. Um, but it's it's also, you have to recognize it is gallows humor. Yeah. It, that, that in reality, we are living through, uh, I, I think perhaps the, 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 the linchpin moment uh, in, in human civilization. I think it's the last battle of a war that has been fought to the death and, and to the death of hundreds of millions for the past hundred years. It's been the system of socialism, which first became real, first went from theory, Marxist theory, to actuality with the Russian Revolution, and nationalism, which first came to fruition, modern nationalism, with the uh, uh, arrival of America on the world stage a hundred years ago. And we've been fighting that fight, the system of socialism, you know, Leninism and Stalinism, Maoism, and nationalism has been at war for the past hundred years. And I think this may be the ultimate battle. And it's not surprising that the democratic socialists are at war in America against the nationalists. Well, I'm delighted to fight it with you. Evan Say, you've been a champ. Thanks for spending so much time with us. His book, folks, The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto. Evan, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you and God bless. You too. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. In our ongoing effort to uh, promote and talk about campaigns that are going on locally, the really big important one for Maricopa County residents is that of county attorney. And we're going to have Alistair Adele, who is our current Maricopa County attorney and uh, running for election here in uh, in a week and a day, on with us at the top of the next hour. I am um, cognizant of what a important day this is, speaking of law, with Amy Barrett's accession to the United States Supreme Court. I heard Jonathan Turley earlier say this is perhaps one of the greatest deliverables of the Trump presidency. And in a way, it's an unfortunate way to think about it. It's true, but it's unfortunate that we have been forced to think about justices and judges that way and courts that way. But we have been forced to think of them that way. You think about the 60s, as we were talking about with Evan Sayet, and the idealized notions of the 60s, the fight for equality. And you think about what we're going to see tonight 
which is Clarence Thomas swearing in Amy Barrett, which is to say a black man swearing in another woman to the Supreme Court. If you took the 60s at their most idealized level seriously, this would be such a consummation devoutly to be wished, right? Equality, a place where no matter race, ethnicity, or gender, you could rise to the highest perches of office, government, business. Well, look at how the left handles it today. That is not what they want. They want it only if you think the right way. And that's a turn, too, that I don't think has been explored deeply enough. We'll explore some of that in the next hour. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.